1: listening to The Friday Fix. I've talked before about the importance of scheduling something fun so that you have something to look forward to. This is a skill that in the therapy office we call pleasant activity scheduling. Essentially, it's just about putting something on your calendar that you enjoy. It could be something simple, like I'm going to watch a TV show on Friday night at 8 p.m., even if you plan to watch it alone. Or it might be something bigger, like I'm going to meet up with some friends that I haven't seen in a long time for a weekend trip. Scheduling fun things is a good habit to get into. You boost your mood by having something to look forward to. And by putting it in your calendar, you increase the chances that you'll actually do it. Because too often, those fun things that we plan to do just get pushed so far down on our priority list that we never get to do them. But what about when you don't feel like doing anything? Depression can often be the culprit, and it makes it hard to plan those fun things for ourselves. In fact, if you're feeling depressed, you might not feel like putting anything on your calendar at all because nothing sounds fun. Spending time with your friends might sound like it's too exhausting when you're feeling low. That's one of the problems with depression. It creates this vicious downward spiral. It zaps your desire to do things that are good for you, like exercising, spending time with people, or doing the hobbies that you normally love. Depression also sucks the energy out of you, so you might feel too tired to do most things. Then the less you do, the worse you feel. And the worse you feel, the less you do. I meet with a lot of people in my therapy office who sometimes feel like they want to do things, at least at first. They might agree to hang out with friends or they might plan to visit the beach. But when the time comes, they just don't feel like they can do it. So then they cancel or they just don't show up. Then they feel guilty for not going or they beat themselves up for not having the energy to follow through with their commitments. That was the case for one of my clients. She went through a really difficult breakup. Afterwards, she didn't feel like doing anything. She didn't think she was much fun to be around, and spending time with people didn't sound particularly enticing. So she isolated herself. When she and her boyfriend were together, they did a lot of fun activities. They went hiking, they loved to explore new places. But now she didn't feel like doing any of those things alone. So she stopped doing pretty much everything. When she wasn't working, she was usually watching TV or just scrolling through social media she didn't reply to a lot of the text messages or the phone calls that she got because she didn't feel like it. When she started therapy, she said that her hope was that treatment could get her to feel better so that she could want to do fun things again. But talking about doing fun things or talking about her depression wasn't going to suddenly give her a boost in motivation. So we actually attacked the problem from the opposite angle. I encouraged her to spend time with friends and to find fun things to do, even though she didn't feel like it connecting with other people and doing interesting things might be the key to helping her feel better. Of course, it was hard for her to push herself to do those things, but she agreed to schedule and do at least one thing a week that could help her feel better. She invited one friend for coffee, and then the next week she invited her cousin to go for a walk in the park. Those things didn't help her feel better right away, and pushing herself to do them was hard. But by doing it every week, she said that they started to feel more like good habits rather than chores. And over the course of a few months, she started to feel better. She said she was establishing a new sense of normal for herself without her boyfriend. And she started to feel better because she was connecting with other people and trying new things. But even if you can't pinpoint a specific event that triggered your depression, like a breakup, you might find that you've given up a lot of things that you enjoy slowly over time. Of course, the pandemic caused most of us to give up a lot of the activities that we loved. And even though you might be able to resume a lot of those activities again, you might find that you don't feel like it. Even if you don't have diagnosable clinical depression, you probably have times when you get stuck in a rut. Maybe there was a class that you used to love to go to and it ended. Or maybe you quit going to the gym and it's taken a toll on your emotional well-being. It's important to find strategies that help you feel your best. And it's important to do those things even when you don't feel like it. When you change your behavior first, the feelings often follow. In the therapy office, we'll often have people rate certain values on a scale from one to 10 about how important those things have been to them when they're feeling their best. We use categories like family, entertainment, health, work, education and learning, friendship, intimacy, volunteering, and religion or spirituality. Because someone's activities and hobbies might shift over time, but those broad values tend to stay fairly stable. So even though you might not feel like doing these things when you're down, they're probably still important to you. So once a client ranks those values, we look at the highest ranked ones and talk about how to incorporate some activities that reflect their values into their life. Someone who really values health might benefit from adding more exercise into their week. Or someone who values education might benefit from signing up for a new class. Getting out and doing those things again is what we officially refer to as behavioral activation. Research shows behavioral activation is effective even for people with moderate and significant depression. But it's tough to recognize those things that you should be doing and doing them on your own is hard too. That's where a good therapist can come in. A behavioral therapist can help you find which activities are most likely to help you feel better. And they can also help you develop a plan to push yourself so that you can do them even when you don't feel like it. And of course, some people confuse being busy with engaging in meaningful activities. So even if your calendar is really full and you're able to do a lot of activities, it doesn't mean that you're doing the things that are best for your mental health. So if you find yourself thinking, wait, how can I possibly do any more than I'm already doing? Keep that in mind. You might have to subtract a few things from your schedule to make room for the meaningful activities you're going to add. Also remember that depression lies to you. It will tell you that you should just sit at home and watch TV or that staying in bed all day will make you feel better. It might even try to convince you that isolating yourself is self-care. Don't believe everything that you think. Get some activities in your calendar that reflect your values. Push yourself to do those things. And each time you do, you'll build mental muscle. You can also improve your mood, combat depression, and increase your confidence. So give it a shot. Identify your values. Schedule some activities that reinforce those values. And push yourself to do them. And don't forget, if you need a little help, reach out to a therapist, either in person or online. They can assist you in discovering what will work best for you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcast.